you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. John said, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He's in this house this morning and his glory is in this house. Why don't you put your hands together and lift up your voice and magnify our king today. He's worthy of honor. Let's just read that text. John chapter 1. Verse number 10. And he was in the world And the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came into his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word, everybody say in the Word. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. If I can just have about 10 or 15 minutes of your time today, I want you to point I want to point you to toward the one today that we've been singing about that we've come to celebrate. I want to point you not to a baby that was born in a manger in Bethlehem and stayed there. But I want to point you to a savior that you and I can be acquainted with today. By the help of the Lord for the next few moments, I want to speak to you on this subject. And we beheld His glory. Lord, help me today to deliver what you have put in my spirit this morning. I pray, God, that as I deliver your word, that where my words fall short, that your spirit allows your word to speak to hearts and lives in this room. And online today, I pray for every listener, for every person in attendance today, let your word do what it is purposed to do. In Jesus' name, 
Let everybody say amen, and you can be seated today. Did this choir do an amazing job this morning? The scripture is replete with stories of amazing feats, amazing miracles, things in which are simply mind-boggling. From Red, sea cross, from Red Sea crossings to River Jordan crossings to iron floating to the dead being raised to life to the lame walking and over and over again the scripture is full of stories. Stories that to those without faith would say they are unbelievable. But for those with faith as we read and see and even have our own experiences we understand what the scripture really means when it says we beheld his glory. John chapter 1 verse 14 says we have seen his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father. Seen almost doesn't do justice. The word behold is a better word and we beheld his glory. This is not a glance or an absent-minded stare. This is a looking with reflection to see in order to study, in order to better understand, to get a closer look. John says, and we beheld his glory. What does this mean, the story of God's glory? Through the Old Testament and New Testament is a fascinating study. The topic itself is much too big for us to cover comprehensively this morning in the short space of time that I have chosen to speak to you. But since John links Jesus with the tabernacle, let's briefly think about the glory of God as it related to its earthly dwelling places. God met with man at a specific location in the tabernacle on top of the ark of the covenant between the two cherubims on the mercy seat God would allow his glory to be made known unto man so that they would recognize that God had accepted their sacrifice it was the only thing they had to feed their faith. God met with man. It was a place where God came to man and it was obvious. Because God appeared unto them not as a man, not in any form or shape, but as a cloud, a cloud of smoke as fire from heaven would sweep down and consume a sacrifice sitting on an altar and all that was left was smoke. They called it the glory of God. Once a year, on the Day of Atonement, the high priest would sprinkle blood for his own sins and for the sins of the people upon the mercy seat which sat on top of the Ark of the Covenant. Above the mercy seat hovered the glory of God, positioned there between two golden cherubims 
one on the left and the other on the right, atop the mercy seat sitting on the Ark of the Covenant, and there between, as the blood was sprinkled, the glory of God appeared unto them. Inside that box, inside the Ark of the Covenant, held the law of God. It was in the box. And the glory of God would hover over the box. And what was between the law of God and the glory of God was the blood of the sacrifice. It's where God's glory was seen by men. In Exodus chapter 40, there was a cloud that covered the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the entire tabernacle, which was the place where this Ark of the Covenant sat. So there was a time when not only did God's glory just speak to them and meet with them on the Ark of the Covenant where one priest one time a year would be able to see, but now God's glory filled the entire tabernacle and Moses was not able to enter the tent because the clouds settled in it and the glory of God filled the tabernacle and nobody could even enter because the glory of God was so thick in the tabernacle. It appeared to them as smoke as it filled the tabernacle. Throughout all their journeys, Israel followed a cloud. The cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle and it would hover over, e over Israel and Israel would follow it throughout the wilderness. If the cloud was not taken, did not move, the people of God stayed. When the cloud moved, the people of God followed because the people of God have always followed the glory of God. It was the cloud, it was the smoke that represented the glory of God that the people watched and longed for because they would rather be where God was and know by what they could see than to be alone in the wilderness without God. So when the cloud would move, the tabernacle would move, the fire by night would move, the side of the house of Israel throughout all of their journeys was always found following a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day. So the glory of the Lord fills the tabernacle, this blazing light, sometimes called the Shekinah glory of God. Perhaps you've heard the term. Shekinah means dwelling. So God's dwelling glory is seen in a tabernacle that was built by man. It filled the tabernacle. The tabernacle was the place where God would meet with Israel. It's the place where God met with His chosen people. In 2 Samuel chapter 7, David became the king. Pardon me for moving quickly today. King David said to Nathan the prophet, See now, I dwell in a house that is built out of cedar. But the ark of God dwells in a tent because that's what the tabernacle was. It was just a tent. 
They called it a tabernacle. So David wanted to do something much more suitable for God's glory than just a tent. He wanted to build a temple. God granted his request, but told David that Solomon would be the one to build it. So years later, Solomon built the temple. Sometimes it's called Solomon's temple to distinguish it from other temples. But when the Ark of the Covenant was placed in the most holy place of this new temple that Solomon built, and the sacrifice was made, and they came and put the sacrifice and the blood upon the altar, listen to what happened in 2 Chronicles chapter 7. Verses number 1 and 2. As soon as Solomon finished his prayer, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifice and the glory of the Lord filled the new temple. And the priest could not even enter into the new house of God that had just been built because the glory of the Lord filled all of the Lord's house. So for the first time in the newly built temple, God's presence filled the temple in the form of His representation of His glory, in the form of smoke. The good news was that God's glory had arrived. That meant that God had arrived to dwell with His people, that God approved of what had been built for Him. And so they lived and dwelt in the temple with God. The bad news was, was that they could not go into the most holy place where His glory dwelt, except once a year on the Day of Atonement. And then only one high priest could go in to this holy place. Anyone else who entered the temple would die because no man could stand before the presence of God's glory because they could not live in that shadow of the Almighty. The story of Israel turns. It goes downhill from here. It gets worse and worse. The nation of Israel divides, ends up becoming a nation that is filled with sin and idolatry. God removed His glory from them. God withdrew His presence from their temple because of the idolatry and the sin of Israel and Judah. When that happened, there was nothing stopping any man now from entering the temple because God's glory was no longer there. They could come in and out. They could go and come as they please now. They could come in and look at it in all of its splendor, in all of its beauty. They could see it, but the glory was not there. The glory was not to return to that temple ever. God didn't return to the temple. God stayed silent. No one saw His glory. Generation after generation went by. People were born and died and never experienced His glory. Century after century, they never experienced His glory. And God was not with them. 
500 years passed in nothing but the sheer silence of God. No man saw him. No man saw a representation of him. No man heard his word. No one knew what was going to happen. And then one glorious night, there were shepherds out in the field keeping, watching over the flock by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto them. And the scripture said, And the glory of the Lord shone round about the angelic host. And the people were filled with fear. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. There's been a theme over the last few weeks of angels appearing to people out of the middle of nowhere. And the first words the scripture says, don't be afraid. What are they thinking? Of course they're going to be afraid. But the angel said, fear not. Behold, I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this, the glory, and this will be a sign unto you, for you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. John put it like this, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory. The glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Surely there was a reflection back to the time when God was meeting with his people in the form of smoke. But now God shows up in a manger in Bethlehem and we beheld his glory. I no longer need to see smoke. I no longer need to see signs in the heaven or in the earth. All I need to do is see Jesus. His glory reappeared unto them after 500 years of absence. And when his glory reappeared, he didn't first show himself to kings or to religious rulers of the day, but his glory came back first to the lowest of the lows. He came back to the shepherds. He came back to those watching the sheep and watching the flock. He came to the despised. He came to the poor. He came out in the field and he came in the darkness of night when no one would ever expect it. The beauty of that night and perhaps even perhaps even the shepherds didn't fully understand is that that night they actually saw God's glory twice. The first time they missed it at His glory, they saw His glory in the sky. And when they left their field and found a baby lying in a manger, the angel said in the Gospel of John, and the Word became flesh and dwelled among us. That Word comes from the Greek word logos, which means plan. It was from the beginning of time and the plan was made flesh. The glory of God was revealed to them 
really as the plan. Jesus truly was the plan. The glory of God. He's the plan for you. He's the plan for brokenness. He's the, he's the plan for the up and, and comer and for the down and outer. Jesus is the plan for the world. He is the only hope of the world. Laying in a manger in Bethlehem. Behold, here he is. See him. The glory of God has now returned to Israel after 500 years of him not appearing anywhere. Here he is, the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He comes today. He comes today not as a baby in a manger, but as a resurrected Savior that conquered death, hell, and the grave. He comes to you today as the provider of whatever you need. He shows Himself to you today not in the thick fog and the thick smoke of the temple and the tabernacle. Not in a place where only one person can experience His glory. But Jesus Christ came to earth. He came to earth so that all mankind would be able to experience His glory. That not one, not just the preacher... Not just the holy, not just the one that seems to have it all together can experience God. But from the one that's away off in the field, for the one that's in the middle of the night, for the one that tends the sheep, for the one that works in the factory, for the one that drives the semi, for the one that works on the, as a carpenter, for the one that works as the banker, the lawyer, the attorney. It doesn't matter who you are and it doesn't even matter where you've been. It doesn't matter how low your low has been. It doesn't matter how deep your sin has been. It doesn't matter how dark your life has been. He came as a baby in a manger to show himself to you and to show himself to me to say you can behold my glory here I am here I am and when he resurrected they were doubting who he was Thomas one of his disciples said I, I can't believe who he is unless I personally for myself Feel the scars in his side and the nail prints in his hands. Jesus appears unto him. Thomas reaches in and touches his side and looks at his hands and his response, my Lord and my God. It was not your Lord and your God, but it became personal when he began to see it for himself. You can behold him this morning regardless what your background is, regardless where you came from, regardless what you deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. He came today so you can behold his glory. He came today for you. As we sing of him and as we worship him today, we are beholding his glory. I ask you to stand with me all over the room as the choir assembles to sing. Matthew chapter 1 describes how it was going to happen. Behold a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. When the angel of the Lord appears 
tells Joseph, don't fear, don't worry. Go ahead and take her. What's happened to her is of the Holy Ghost. He's born. His name is to be Emmanuel, God with us. Mary, what's his name going to be? It's going to be Jesus, the Savior of the world. It's God with us. It's God with us. You can behold his glory today because God is with us. When you walk through the valley of life, God is with us. I behold his glory. Everywhere I see him, I see his glory because he's with us. He's walking with me through the good days and the bad days, the hard times and the struggles. God is with me. And we beheld his glory. Lift your hands all over this building right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the most beautiful, most perfect name. I speak over this congregation, every heart and every home, every life and every individual. I pray right now that the peace of God that passes all understanding reach to where they are. To every online listener today, I pray that the peace of God flows into that home, to where they are right now, to every person in this room. Regardless of where you've been today, I pray that you see His glory afresh and anew. See Him as your Lord and your God. See Him as your Savior. In Jesus' name, what a beautiful name it is.